I wasn't quite ready for that. I'm like, wow, I'm preaching already. It's awesome. So good. Thank you, Justin and Anna. It's such a privilege for Bernie and I to be here with you in your church, but really more importantly to hang out with you and, and uh, to be your friends uh, and to do this journey with you. So thank you so much. And uh, such a joy to be back in Coffs Harbour. Beautiful Coffs Harbour. It's, it's exploding, exploding with growth and cra- it's just crazy. And I, I went for a walk this morning and I ran into this uh, guy who's from Canberra. Uh, I didn't know him, he just, we just started chatting and he's trying to buy a house in Coffs Harbour. <laughs> Good luck, right? <laughs> he says, there's nothing for sale. And it's, it's, it's millions of dollars. And he was desperate, you know. So anyway, you've, you're in a great place and a beautiful part of the world. But more importantly, God is moving in this place and moving in this house. And that was so good this morning. How good was that worship? Really good. Well done, man. Whoever you are. And Pete and all the crew, I loved it. I loved just coming in the house of God and it was anointed and, and, and soul filled and just really, I, whether you, you may not have enjoyed it, it was for me, I enjoyed it. So anyway, you may be seated, God bless you, sorry to keep you standing there, so thank you. Guys, that was a fantastic joy to be here and yeah, we had fun yesterday at the uh, marriage seminar and sorry. Such an old term, married family matters experience, which is wonderful, wonderful. So, uh, some of you I know, some of you I don't, some of you may not know me, and hopefully, we enjoy the experience. <laughs> you enjoy the experience this morning. So, I just want to share the word of God with you. Um, and excited, and just a huge uh, congratulations on making it through well, not, we're not through yet, but surviving so far with COVID. Uh, and uh, what a crazy 14 months, uh, Bernie and I. We were in a, on a we were in Jakarta, uh, Indonesia, when it all broke out, and we just made it back. We were the first plane that landed in Sydney when they started uh, I, you know, isolation. We didn't have to quarantine in a hotel, but had to self-isolate. So we were the first plane that landed when that started happening. The ABC, the cameras were all there and interviewing everyone, which we avoided, thank God. And, uh, and uh, but it's been a crazy time. We, this last week, heading up to the National Conference, was the first flight we've been on in 14 months. We're so out of practice. <laughs> I left my headsets at home. I, I forgot to take my laptop out of the thing. I nearly got arrested, you know. No, and, uh, but uh, what a crazy year, crazy year. Uh, and who could have predicted that and what's happened since then? But just huge congrats. And it hasn't been easy for many people and for, for a million different reasons. But well done, well done on, on hanging in there and coming through. And we, we will come out the other side. But I believe that God has done great things in the midst of all that. And, and like Bernie said yesterday to someone that, to a group of people with, God didn't cause this, but he certainly used it. And my view is that God pressed this great, huge pause button in heaven and said, you're all nuts. <laughs> Slow down. And if anything, we're hopefully, and hopefully I'm learning through this process, is to really slow down and, and really get the pace of life, the God pace in life. That God's rhythms of grace happening more and more, and to really get into that space, because the God, you know, after all these years, have finally figured out God's not in a rush. Neither should we be in a rush. And I think that sense of 
peace and strength and everything should be in us as well. So anyway, well done. Give yourselves a hand. You survived. Well done. And that was awesome. Like I said this morning, worship was awesome. Pete, you're a legend, my friend. And uh, I just saw this picture of you. I felt like the Lord said, you started as a, you know, like a footy team. Which code do you like? Just, just to, I mean, what code of football do you like, if anything? Okay, forget that. Forget that. I obviously had the, I obviously had the wrong analogy. Lord, give me another one. No, it's, oh, it's not for you. It's for this. <laughs> I'm right with you on the surfing thing. You know, maybe I'll talk about surfboards, and God's going to wax your board. <laughs> Give you new waves. No, I just saw you. You're a team. You, you're on. You're on the field playing, and then God graduated you to captain. And then, and then you're you're like a captain coach. You're like on on the team playing as a captain, but you're also coach and leading. I just saw you just there. You're in the game, but you're across the game as well. And I just felt like the Lord said He's going to promote you to manager. Uh, and of the team and you're going to be managing teams and 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 there's there's a new day of extension because you've been faithful you've stuck in the house of God and you you've loved people but you've also seen gifts and you've never promoted your own gift you've promoted other people's giftings and because of that God's going to promote you and uh in that space and God's got good days for you my friend good days yeah come on give the Lord a hand and encourage Pete (laughs) All right, just going to make sure my timing, got it. Okay, all good. Uh, it's still on zero, so I'll just speak forever. <laughs> They've obviously realized they haven't officially started yet, so I'll just keep waffling on for an hour. <laughs> Go by the blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> There's so many numbers up the back. Oh, it's 21.3 degrees. That's awesome. <laughs> Is that the temperature of my message? <laughs> it needs to be hotter than that. I, I thought I was preaching at about 28 degrees, but anyway, I'll get there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm warming up. Okay. This message I've called, is, is called Doors. When they say in New York, Doors. Um, one of the things we've discovered over the years, and I think I keep discovering, is that God hasn't finished with us yet. Anyway, glad about that. He's not finished with you. Sometimes you feel like it's all over. Sometimes you feel like it's finished. But God has never finished with you. And I mean that in a positive way. He's got stuff. There's more stuff in you. There's more stuff from Him to you. There's got, he's got more things and plans for you. It doesn't matter what age you're at or what stage you're at. God has more for you, which is awesome. So we're still under construction. And that can be interesting sometimes. I love that scripture in Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And He's, he's gone to work. We're not saved by works, but we are His workmanship. And he's created good works for us to do in advance. It's, us, it's, not about us do, do, it's not about us creating those good works. It's about us discovering those good works. And we have to discover what God has called us to, which we'll get to in a sec. And, and in, you know, in 1 Peter 2, it talks about this concept that, 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 that we, are, we are part of God's household, stones in this wall. And you're not just another brick in the wall. Yeah. 
all the baby boomers laughed at that one. <laughs> the millennials go, huh? <laughs> and that's the world's concept. You're just another brick in the wall. You're a throwaway commodity. But the house of God's different. In the, in the kingdom of God, you are a, you, we, were, we were charred stones on the field. And God found us and discovered us and then cleaned us up, which is awesome. And he's still cleaning us. But he says, I'm not going to leave you just as isolated stone. I'm going to place you in a wall so that you're part of purpose. But more than that, that wall is part of a bigger thing, which is the house of God, the temple. And we're part of this incredible spiritual construct called God's house and God's purposes on the earth and he's placed us in that stone and we need each other we're, you know, that where the stones rubbing up against each other and, and, and then, you know, the, the relationships, that mortar between us all, it can feel pretty interesting sometimes and, and God why would you place me between those two stones <laughs> uh, and sometimes you can feel like an intimidated stone and etc etc but the point is we're part of this construct that God is doing, part of God's eternal purpose, we don't always see that, that's why I need to be reminded of this, which is good. But here's what I've discovered. That if God has more for us, how do we access God's future for us? What, what, how do we get into, because I don't know about you, anyone ever felt stuck? Anybody feel stuck right now? If, I've felt stuck at times, but God has, I believe that God has provided doors for us to get through into new rooms into new parts of what God has for. The point is we need to know what those doors are so that when they're in front of us, we go, got it, I know what this is. And God often uses things that don't appear to be things that would promote us into a new place. They are quite mysterious sometimes. God's machinery is very interesting. <laughs> what he uses, he uses completely different things to get us into the future. So I'm going to cover t- today, very quickly, five doors that God uses to get us into a new place, to help us keep growing and being reconstructed. Who's, who's with me on that one, anyone? All right, all right. Door number one. <laughs> door number one. I love teaching, so just hopefully, I can, hopefully this helps us this morning. Door number one is the door of Jesus. Now you must say, of course that's obvious. Well, it is obvious. But it's important that we talk about the the most important door. If I was to give you no other doors this morning, I could stop at door one. And here's the other thing, is that doors two to five are are subsequent doors from door one. They all begin with Jesus. It all begins with Jesus. And if we just keep, and the door of Jesus isn't something you walk through once. We've got to keep walking in through that door. We've got to keep discovering Jesus over and over again. I am. I need to. It's the first and ultimate door. Jesus said about himself, John 10, 9, I am the door. He didn't say, I am a door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Go into that. I love that scripture. It's not in the notes. Uh, In Colossians, it says, your life is hidden in Christ. Often we try to find life parallel to God or parallel to Jesus or parallel to Christianity. No, it's in Christ. And the deeper you get into Christ, the more you discover the life that God has for you. Your life is hidden in Christ, which is awesome. And it's interesting, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 18, one of my favorite scriptures. It talks about up there, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Uh, It's interesting that, that all that anybody has to do is just turn to the Lord. They don't have to become anything. 
All it is is just a little, even if it's just a one degree turn, you're going through life, you're just heading in a certain direction. All that needs to you sense something and it's just a little turn. Once that happens, the veil is removed. The, the, the blockage in your heart and mind that, so you can't see God, that's removed. Because when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two. We, we now all have access to God's presence, God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness. Isn't that great news? And just the veil is removed. And I'm like, wow, and that happened for me in 1978. I was in a meeting in Sydney Town Hall. I was a young university student. My sister invited me to this meeting. And I'd, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't on some spiritual search. Or, I, not, very few people are in that mindset. But God found me in that moment. And halfway through the meeting, my sister turned to me and said, what do you think? I said, I'm in. <laughs> I, I believe. What? I don't know what happened. Suddenly this veil was removed. This, this, this spiritual visual blockage was removed. It's interesting. Scripture soon after that in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it's not on the notes. It says the, the God of this age, which is the enemy, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the glory of Christ. The issue for the world is not unbelief. The issue for the world is blindness. Blindness is the issue, but we were all once blind. But now in Christ we can see and, and as we walk with him and of course that scripture in 2 Corinthians 3 goes on to say that as we follow him that, that, that as the veil is removed we're pursuing God uh, behold the glory of God are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another we're on this journey of discovering and emerging into God's life we are meant to be the glory of God on the earth how crazy is that no pressure <laughs> But as you follow Christ, your life emanates the glory of God. And I don't mean in some sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark version of some spooky thing. No, is your life, your attitude, your character, your, your joy, your hope, your whatever is what emulates the, and emanates the glory of God into the earth, which is, which is great news. So look, there's so much I could say on that, but I'll better move on. It's interesting that, uh, that as we discover things, if you, you know, I'm a huge fan of the book of Ephesians. If you read Ephesians 1 and you'll discover what it is is on the other side of that door of Christ. In fact, Paul prayed for the Ephesians, said, I'm praying for you guys, that God would, this is to the believers, that God would give you, he would open the eyes or enlighten the eyes of your heart. And it says, I pray that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better and discover what it is that God has for us. And he begins to list out all the things that Christ has done for us. It's like mind-blowing. If we just meditated on that every day as believers, we'd be, we'd be running around the house like crazy people going, this is insane what God has done for us. Jesus, the door of Jesus, incredible news, isn't it? I think we should thank Jesus for what he's done. And, and look, I could go for hours talking about that. But it's not up for me to do that. I want, I encourage you to discover the depths of Christ and, and keep walking through that door and all that he's done for our lives. It's incredible. Okay, door number two, the door of new thinking. Do you realize that sometimes the block to your future is in your thoughts? Some Christians see it as it's all spiritual blockage and it's the enemy stopping me. It's the devil that does it. Well, sometimes the, the real blockage is in our mind. It is our thought patterns. And maybe, maybe God wants to give you new thinking about something. 
Maybe in the way, yesterday we talked about family matters, maybe in the area of the way we parent or the way we function in our marriage, Uh, the way we treat other people, maybe whatever it is, there's, there's thousands of areas in which God wants to shift our thinking. And I believe that we are, that there's wrong thinking, limited thinking, or dark thinking that's all gonna, that's gonna limit what God has for your future. Maybe one thought will, will open up a brand new future for you. It's interesting, uh, who remembers the, the company called Blockbuster? The old Blockbuster. Uh, well, there is, I think, maybe four or five years ago, they closed the very last Blockbuster store in America, and there were thousands of them throughout America, throughout the world. A young up and start company a few years ago called Netflix <laughs> went to Blockbuster and said what they wanted to buy them out. And then Blockbuster said no. And then Netflix apparently said to the Blockbuster leaders or CEO, uh, by the way, life is changing. It's moving from physical content to online streaming and, they, and the blockbuster company parents said what no we're fine we're secure we're the biggest in the world it's interesting of course now blockbuster doesn't exist and netflix has taken over the world but one new piece of thinking what and i'm not talking about us being entrepreneurial and what, what's coming up in the digital space when have you maybe it is something in that space but the point is is that life keeps changing and we need to keep moving with it. And that's just on a practical level. How about a spiritual level? Or maybe on a relational level. Probably one of the best examples of this is in the Bible, is in, the, in Acts chapter 10. And Peter, the apostle, goes up to the roof of a friend's place to pray. And as he was praying, it says he, he fell asleep and then God gave him a vision. And there was a, Jesus gave him a vision. It was this blanket with all these animals that Jewish people weren't, allowed to eat or touch or be around because they're unclean animals and the Lord and Jesus spoke to him it's interesting Jesus never let Peter alone (laughs) and he keeps going through these experiences where he keeps having to say to Peter the same thing three times you think Peter would have learned after all this time but here again and Jesus is now in heaven still doing it going Peter And he says to Peter, Peter, what you once considered unclean, now consider clean. Radical thought. In other words, those people that you once considered unworthy for the kingdom of God, all those non-Jewish people, now I want you to let them into the kingdom. Radical thought. Completely contrary to his upbringing, to the way he was raised, completely opposite ends. It was an anathema to him because those Gentiles were filthy, dirty people. They didn't deserve to be in the kingdom of God. And here's Jesus saying, no, 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 the future of the church is not in its current state. The future of the church is not in its current thinking. That makes me as a church builder and leader thinking, what are we thinking in the church now that is hindering our future? If we keep doing, that's why COVID, I'm like, okay, God, if we keep doing the same thing the same way, we're going to get the same results. We need to think differently. And it's not like sitting in a room going, think differently, think differently, think differently. It's not, it's not that. It's like being open to what God wants and maybe he wants to lead you. Maybe there's some entrepreneurs in this room who are going to come up with things. God, God, who knows what that is? That a new thought can radically change your mind. It can radically change, like I said earlier, the way you raise your kids. One thought. 
One thought, it doesn't have to be some incredible world-changing thing. One little thing can change your future. Which is, do you realize that your future is on the other side of one new thought? One new thought. Okay, number three, the door of expansion. God, I believe, wants to take us, all of us, in our own way, in the way that's right for you, into a bigger place. There's, there, there, God want, do you realize, that, okay, if my, if my life currently represented this sound great here, that's the, that's, because currently I have, there is a dimension of my life right now in its size, in its impact, in its influence, in its authority. That's the size of, well, hopefully that's not the only size of my life. <laughs> this great represents what that might be. But, you know, God wants to expand your life. God is into expanding us. Now, not at a pace that we can't handle. He wants, but he wants to expand us. All those through the scriptures is those, one that is famous in the C3 movement, you know, Isaiah 54, enlarge the place of your tent. Interesting, it doesn't say enlarge your tent. It says enlarge the place of your tent, the place of your tent. God wants to enlarge the footprint of your world. And God has more for you. There's an expansive. How about, he says to Joshua, Joshua, wherever you place the sole of your foot, I'm going to give it to you. But he had to place the sole of his foot to get it. He wasn't going to give it to him by looking at it. In other words, as he began to move and wherever he placed the sole of his feet, that land he would give you. My question to you this morning is what land is God trying to give you? And that may not be physical land, but what new territory, what new space, what new business, what new house, what new, what, what new expansive place has God got for you? And it will be something. It will be something. Years ago, uh, in, you know, we've been married this December, 42 years. I know, but you need to, you need to congratulate Bernie. <laughs> I've uh, got three married children, seven grandchildren. I just said that just because I could and because it's true. But years ago, early days of our marriage, we were like most young couples, we were renting houses. And we rented, you know, many, many houses. And I think, I think we figured out the first nine years we rented eight houses of something of that, that nature. And we got sick of moving. Because every time we'd get into a place, we'd fix it up really nice, and then the owners go, wow, this place is nice. I think we'll sell it. Uh, and so we're like, I remember one Saturday morning, years and years and years ago, I got up, and I was just, and I got, because you realize that frustration is one of your greatest friends. <laughs> I was frustrated with the fact that we had to move again. And I'm like, I'm over this. I'm sick of this. So I said to Bernie, we're going to buy a house today. <laughs> and she said to me, I love it when you talk tough. <laughs> I'm sure that's what you said to me, right? <laughs> there was only one problem. Well, there were several problems. But there's one big problem. We had no money. <laughs> like nothing. Like nothing. But I don't know, I felt this like, because sometimes 
you just have to break out of the of the of the boundary that you're in and you may not it may not work out exactly as you're thinking or you're planning but just that movement out into something just that leads to other doors opening up so we bernie got so excited she grabbed the local newspaper the manly daily and, and said and just found this house it's just a little back in the classified ads yeah, we're talking early 80s and it said house for sale that's all house for sale <laughs> 50 meters from the beach I'm like I just saw the word beach <laughs> and 50 meters I'm like that's the will of God right there anyway we went and checked it out and it was this beautiful old 1910 cottage 50 meters from the beach now need need a bit of work and it was slightly tilted but it didn't matter. We just fell in love with this place. And we thought, great. And I, and I said to the real estate agent, we'll take it. <laughs> I, I, as these words came out of my mouth, I'm like, what am I saying? This is insane. You know? Now, this doesn't happen for everyone. But I, this is my, our story. This is our story. All I'm saying is that sometimes that expansion thing is just, you just got to get the move. And just there's a door. Just, and we just, the door, I'm like, I've got to get on the other side of that thing. So I said to the real estate agent, what do I do now? He looked at me like I was an idiot. Like, you, you need a, a, a little holding deposit just to make sure that you're serious about it. And I, and I said, how much is that? He says, 1000 bucks. And it's not a deposit. It's just like, a, like I'm serious. That's all. So I called mum. <laughs> I said, I need a thousand dollars. She said, What for? I said, I'm trying to buy a house. She says, No problem. So she lent me a thousand dollars, gave it to the guy, and I said, Now what do I do? And he looked at me again, like, You go to the bank and you borrow the money, you know. So I went, we went to bank after bank after bank. We're, we're, I was a young pastor and we had three small kids. And we were, and wage was hardly anything, and you know, it was terrible. And so I, they, just, they just laughed me out of every bank that I went to. I don't know how many banks I went to, quite a few. And then a friend of mine said, No, you've you got you to do it differently. Present it this way, dress like this, what have you. And so this is the days when he actually spoke to the bank manager. So I went to the a bank, and he said, Yep, we'll, we'll lend you the money. I'm like, Awesome. He says, You just need $27,000 in your account by Thursday. This is Monday. <laughs> I went, no problem. <laughs> I was literally freaking out on the inside. I'm like, I do not know what I'm doing here. This is insane. Plus, I didn't have $27,000. And I said, no problem. I said, I'll just transfer it from one of my other accounts. <laughs> and then I left the bank, called Bernie, said, do you want the good news or the bad news? Good news is they're going to lend us the money. Bad news is we need $27,000 by Thursday. And she said, how are we going to do that? <laughs> What's going to happen to us? I'm like, I don't know, but we'll, we'll find it somehow. Anyway, it's interesting that the Bible talks about you've got to work a miracle. There's the working of miracles. And so we just went on the journey. And, and anyway, I won't get through all the details, but we, had 20, we got $27,000. I mean, someone came up to me, and I didn't even know how they found out. said, we hear you're buying a house. I said, how did you know about that? And he, and he handed over a check for $7,000, and things began to happen, and we, we borrowed some money. We, did, we just made it work. Anyway, we bought that house. It was a miracle. Anyway, on the way to picking up the keys for that house, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, the faith 
that you used to get that house was not for the house. It's for another future that I have for you. Anyway, 18 months later, God called us to go and plant the first C3 church in America and called us to New York. And, and it was like that, God, because God's door of expansion is not just for that step. It's for the other things that God has for you. Do you realize we sold that house eventually? We sold it to some friends for double what we paid for it. They bought it. And then we went and planted a church in New York. They then sold it a couple of years after that for double what they paid for it. I knew I should have hung onto that house. <laughs> and they went and planted a church in another part of Australia. So that one Saturday morning of, it, of just stepping into a larger place, two churches were birthed. Hundreds of thousands of dollars were made. You never know what's, what, what, when you begin to just slowly, wisely, graciously step into a place of expansion, what God has for you, which is the door of expansion. All right. Number four. Number four. The door of calling. The door of calling. I want to say something to you. You are called. God doesn't want to just redeem you and save you and get you to an eternity. He actually has a calling for you. Every single one of you. The, not, the calling doesn't happen suddenly when you get up on stage. It's not just the people on stage that are called. Every single, And you may not be called to what we call the ministry. We are all called to the ministry, by the way. We're all ministers. But God has called you. All right, I want you to say that after me. God has called me. God has called you. There's a calling. There's giftings. There's, you, you are called to make this world different and to affect this world, whatever that may look like. And it's unique for you, which is awesome. Isn't that exciting news? The problem is you can't see the called version of you. You can't fully see it. So God just gives you these little steps and he doesn't show you the whole thing. Thank God. When we walked into the church, 1980, Bernie and I walked into C3, it was like three weeks old. So we've been with it 41 years. Walked in, we're this young married couple, married for six months. We had no idea what the future, and probably if the Lord showed me, I would have run 100 miles in the other direction. Because God doesn't want to show that. He just wants to, what's that next little thing? And that one door, so, and sometimes really funny little doors. <laughs> like, because some of the doors of calling are developmental doors. They're not permanent. They're just tr training doors. Early days of the church, Pastor Phil came up to Bernie and I and said, I, I want you, Pastor Phil Pringle, I want you to run and develop a drama group <laughs> in the church. I'm like, are you, are you talking to me? <laughs> Like, really? And, and he said, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So we, that's what we did. So we developed, formed this little group. We started practicing skits. And we're talking, you know, early 80s drama skits. Oh, it was, it was, they were pretty bad. Uh, and there was no internet. There was no Google. It was just we found some book that had these skits in it. Anyway, uh, shortly after that, Pastor would come up to me and said, look, we're doing an outreach in Bulgola Surf Club. And we want you to do the first Christian skit on that night and I'm like oh no 
I, me and a few school friends started Bilgola Board Riders <laughs> about three or four years prior to that. And I thought, if we do something there, some of my old surfing mates are going to be there. This is not going to be a good night at all. Anyway, we rocked up there, outreach. There was hardly anyone there. There's a few us Christians, just a few people, and about six of my surfing mates in the back row with their arms folded. And I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. Anyway, the skit was this. The skit was this. There's all these people up the front. Uh, no, there was the person playing Jesus at the front. And different people were coming to him for different reasons. And I had to, from the back of the hall, with a sack on my back, w- up the middle aisle, all, straight past all my buddies, go, my burden, my burden, my burden, and throw the, 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 the sack at his feet. And then when he took the sack, I was like, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And that's what I did. No one came to Christ. But apparently Pastor Phil turned to Pastor Chris and said, I think there might be a preacher in there somewhere. <laughs> that, that, that whole process was just for me to develop something. Uh, so I thought I'd do that skit for you this morning. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just did, didn't I? Oh, my gosh. We ran the youth ministry. We, we did all sorts of crazy things, you know. But the other doors in the area of calling are not developmental doors. They're destiny doors. They're doors that actually lead specifically and align with your callings and giftings and personality and you just feel like, oh, this is awesome. And we, we started a connect group early days, uh, just in our home in uh, Newport there, Bungan Beach. And it just, it just grew and we multiplied it and things began to happen. And was, we started to raise leaders and, and everything we're doing in ministry now globally came from that early days experience everything we needed to learn on a on a macro level we learn at a micro level at that i'm telling you, god has doors and, and that your pastors may say to you hey can you do this and you don't know whether it's a destiny door or a developmental door but as you do it it's like things that on the other side of that door is a is a god bigger version of you and that and there's a cold version of you you know and you know christianity is not a spectator sport christianity is not about observing, it's about getting in the game. And I don't know, just talking, I feel in the future, the, the, the near future of C3 Coffs Harbour is the act and fully activated church that every member alive, connected, called, doing their gifting. Because when you're in your gifting, you're the happiest person in the world. And imagine that every single one, because then every activated person leads, creates other activated people, and then you've suddenly got revival on your hands. Revival isn't God pouring it out of the, out of the sky, the roof. It's us stepping through those doors which is God who, who, who wants to feel called anyone the, call, the door of calling and the last door the last door and uh, I don't like this door <laughs> and you won't like this door it's the door of trial the door of trial God uses trial it's interesting that when Jesus was Jesus was baptized I find it amazing that Jesus, the Son of God, even needed to be baptized, and he did. And it says when he came out of the waters of baptism, the heavens opened, 
the Holy Spirit on Jesus descended like a dove and a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son and I'm well pleased. He got filled with the Spirit. We need to get filled with the Spirit regularly, on a regular basis. But then as soon as he left the waters, it says, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Led him into the wilderness. It's amazing where the Spirit will lead you. Because the Spirit knows what we need. He knows that actually the, the, the trial is where the growth happens. So it says that Jesus entered the wilderness filled with the Spirit. Check this out. He left the wilderness empowered by the Spirit. Because it's what, it's what you walk through that empowers you. And so God, there's a door of trial. And look, the door of trial, you don't choose to walk through it. It just opens in front of you. None of us choose the challenges that, that we've had to go through. Or maybe, you're in, maybe, I'm sure all of you, but perhaps some of you are in a trial right now that, that is pretty major. And God, God, God knows you're there. Isn't that, that's good news, isn't it? God knows you're there. And he knows and he's going to fill you with the spirit and wisdom to get you through that. But not only that, on the other side of that trial, he's got a version of you that is stronger, bigger, clearer, anointed, empowered, I want to have you. Come on, anybody believe that right now? Because you have to believe that. That trial is not there to kill you. That trial is not there to destroy you. That trial is there to make you. Once again, like I said, I hate this theology, but it actually is biblical. You know, about three years ago, we, we discovered uh, that our youngest child, our daughter, uh, was diagnosed with co- colorectal cancer. She, at that po- she's a young mom. She's got three young daughters. And at that point, she just had her third daughter and was only, she was maybe, what, six weeks old, her youngest. That was probably, the, probably one of the most devastating days of our lives and of my life as a dad to hear at that time she was 30 years of age to get diagnosed with something as serious as as cancer and that type of cancer particularly and it was I remember feeling numb for about 48 hours and and probably depressed for weeks and but but it thrust us boy it, it thrust us into a level of prayer and seeking God I mean we've always prayed we pray every day we seek God but I'm telling you there's nothing like a trial to pull out of you something that you didn't realize you had. I started meditating. I meditated on Psalm 103 for 18 months. And that, I just got so much out of that Psalm. By the way, that Psalm is mine. (laughs) It's not yours. Get your mitts off. (laughs) I own that Psalm. Oh my gosh, I lived that psalm. I breathed out of that psalm. It wasn't the volume of scripture that I needed. It was the revelation of the scripture that I needed. And the trial will bring, will cause you to mine things in the word of God that, that, that you hadn't ever experienced. I remember years and years ago when I was at college, Bible college, and the, the last month of Bible college, I ended up getting my appendix burst premature to getting out I got peritonitis and I nearly died uh, a couple of times in that season. It wasn't a really good stage at all. Uh, you know, and one of the worst things is one of my fellow college students came along and visited me. I thought, oh, it's so good to see him. This is awesome. And the first words out of his mouth was, awesome. 
you're out of the way now, so I could probably beat you at college. <laughs> I'm like, awesome, that's good. Yeah, that's, uh, and and I, remember, I remember feelings of despair, confusion, and depression, and, and laying in this hospital, drips everywhere, poison all through my system, close to death and thinking, I am useless. Here I am, great man of faith and power, just about to graduate from college, gonna take the world. Of course, I felt like a great man of paste and flour, you know. It was, it was terrible, and I, felt re- and I felt, this is crazy. But then, I, and, and I reluctantly, I'm, I'm being honest here, reluctantly opened the scriptures. I thought, I'm so low right now, I'm just, I'm, all right, I'll just read, I'll just open the Psalms and open the Psalm to one of David's Psalms. And he said this one phrase that radically changed my life. And, and this is during a season when David was going through massive trial. He said this, one thing I know, God is for me. And I'm like, it just, I preached that. I must have preached that for two years because it put such a core revelation in me. Because the world says, if things are going well for you, God's for you. He's blessing you. No, 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 no. God's for you now. No matter what you're going through, God is for you. We don't need... We don't need a revelation of, of things being good. We need a revelation of God's goodness and his, and his forness for you. Where do you find that? Where did I find that? When I was feeling well? No. When I was feeling terrible. When I was feeling not just sick, but I felt like a failure because I was meant to be the guy praying for the sick and helping people. And here I am. I can't even get myself out of bed. I'm telling you, the trial does all sorts of things. We discover God's love like never before. We discover the revelation of the word like never before. We discover the love and support of God's community. My gosh, how humbling is it to feel the love of people and the support of people? And I need, we obviously, need, we need to receive that. When you, sometimes, even when you don't have enough faith, it doesn't matter because God, the community of faith is there to love you and support you and help you. We live in such an individualistic society because here's what I've discovered. Salvation is personal, but it's not individual. The kingdom of God is personal, but it's not individual. It's, to, it's us together. It's community. That's why the enemy wants to isolate. And he'll isolate primarily through a fence to get you disconnected, but he wants you in the thing, working through that stuff, which is, which is great, no, great news. And God binds us together in that place of trial. Anyway, there's five doors for you. Hope, uh, 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 and look, some, some of you maybe, maybe have just stepped into a trial right now, the door, and you're in there. I'm telling you, don't back out. We go, yeah, reversing light. Woo, woo, woo. Try trying to, woo, 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 woo. I'm out of here. But I've discovered in the kingdom of God, there's no reversing. There's no reverse gear. You've just got to keep moving forward. But keep, keep moving forward, knowing that God is with you, knowing that God is for you. Read the last 10 verses of Romans 8. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now the height nor depth, the angel and demon, nothing. The love of God is for you and, and, and going to change you forever. God's good, isn't he? So, so if you're coming through COVID and you're on the other side, God's for you, which is awesome. Why don't we just stand to our feet right now?